Good morning, my friend. Welcome to Sunday. Welcome to Boulder. Welcome to the channel. I uh, just lifted my banner a few moments ago. Got here a few minutes early. Thought I would lift the banner. Uh, it's going to be a beautiful day here in Boulder, weather-wise. Don't know about the spirits. Normally, Sundays is a very difficult day in Boulder. This particular city has uh, lots of things going on that a lot of people cannot see. And uh, that's that what we can't see is in Ephesians is the verse I'm referring to. I'm not going to say it right here. Anyways, just wanted to say good morning and uh, it's going to be a great day. So let me... Uh, <laughs> this is my banner here. All right, this is my 2023 banner. God bless you, banner. Anyways, uh, let me put this down, set up the tripod and do our scripture shorts for the day on uh, chapter 24 of Acts. And then uh, we'll do our street sermon for the day. And then we'll be out here for the day. Now, see you in a few moments. This we know, the cornerstone is Christ alone. Our hope now forever. doing good I never know if I'm gonna put that first little clip of saying hello when I lift my banner in the video sometimes I don't do that but, uh, so today I'm over here on uh, this side of the street uh, this is the northeast corner of 28th this is 28th here and Pearl right behind the camera so all summer long I've been on the south west corner over there by Starbucks and Floyd's Barbershop over by the tree on the grass there and uh, it's been shady over there and I knew I'd be moving over here come uh, sometime in October or November depending on the weather uh, because uh, uh, there's no shade here this like right here becomes like a massive frying pan in the summertime it gets so hot here it's just almost unbearable so I stand over there. That was the first summer I've ever done that. Uh, but uh, we're not there now. We're moving into fall, or we're in fall, and we're moving into winter. And this is what we're going to do today over here. Uh, when I started off, I was across the street there. I did a three-hour shift from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. every Sunday. That was the only thing I did. That was when I very started. That was May of 2019, Memorial Day weekend. I started there. And uh, the Lord asked me, would I be willing to commit to one day a week from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m.? And I said, yes, sir. And so I did that faithfully every single Sunday. That's how I started. Now we're at 16 different cities, 44 different locations, working six days a week. Not just one day, at one corner for three hours. Putting in probably 80 to 100 hours a week on the street. Something like that. Sometimes less, sometimes more. I mean, you know. Something like that. Maybe 70 to 100. I don't know. It varies every month, seems like, and especially lately. And uh, if you notice on my calendar, on my website, I also uh, change my hours starting today from 11 to 2. I cut one more hour off. And the reason I did that is because uh, for whatever reason, physically, I am struggling to maintain my momentum. So what do you do? Do you just come to a stop? Or do you just keep on trucking as fast as you can? Well, if you do that, either one, uh, you're going to not like where you end up. If you sit down, you may not be able to get back up. And if you go too fast, you never slow down, you're going to get into a wreck. That's just the way it is. You're going to crash, crash and burn, so to speak. So sometimes you got to slow down so you can keep moving. Slow down so that you can keep moving. 
Remember, I'm not in this just for a couple days or two. I know a lot of people don't plan their life. They don't realize they're going to spend 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 years in the ministry or even one day in the ministry. No one really plans much of anything. But basically, I've been a planner all my life. Uh, my parents kind of taught me that because my parents were planners. They were business people. And I learned to plan. Uh, my brother does the same thing. My sister does the same thing. We all uh, know how to set goals and plan for them. And uh, unfortunately, my children never pick that up. They don't like goals setting. They don't like calendars. They don't like planning. They just go one day at a time. And uh, unfortunately, they don't reach their goals in their 40s, and they're still not reaching their potential. See? And uh, just letting you know how life is. Sometimes our children don't really serve like we think they should be serving. My son is not serving the way he should serve. My other son should be serving more than he is. My daughter should be serving more than she is. My other two children are in heaven. And uh, same way with me. Maybe when I was their age, I wasn't doing things I should be doing either. So what that says is as parents, we can't put our children down. We're always loving our children. We're always lifting our children up. We're always edifying, exhorting, and comforting our children, even in the hard times, even in the struggle. My parents got sick of me and threw me out of the house when I was 16. They didn't love me. They didn't edify me. They didn't exhort me. They threw me out of the house. You're not worthy to be our son. Get out of our house. Yeah, so I started my life at 16 years old. Been a hard life, man. 16. Go look at your 16-year-old. Can you imagine them being thrown out of the house, still having two years of high school left, having to go get a job, having to support themselves, and to go? Think about that. Look at all the 16-year-olds around town, in your place. You know, I know there's a lot of us who have experienced that. Some a lot earlier than that. But that's my life. We all have a different life, and so you have to be patient with people. You have to be patient with me. All my videos aren't perfect. All my messages aren't perfect. I'm, I am perfect, my spirit is perfect, and I stand before the Lord perfect. But I make mistakes, and guess what? I repent of those mistakes, the Lord helps me correct them, and I keep on trucking, man. You know, I'm a long haul trucker, you know, 40 years on the road, I'm retired now. But in the trucking world, sometimes you gotta slow down, for whatever reason, all kinds of reasons. But those truckers who don't slow down, they're in the ditch. And sometimes you do have to pull over. You know, you just can't keep on going through the snowstorm and the blizzard. Sometimes you have to pull over and just say, well, I'm going to wait it out for a little bit. And look, I've done that so many times, I lost count because of the run, the route that I had was heavily snowed on, and it was a two-lane road, and those two-lane roads are highly embanked. You know, they're really curved for the water to run off. And I tell you what, when you're running down that road, uh, snowy, it's easy to slip off. Especially on 97, there's no shoulder. The shoulder there's no shoulder. That fog line is right on the edge of the asphalt, and after the asphalt is the dirt. Hang on, here comes a siren. I have very sensitive ears. Why do I have very sensitive ears? Because I've protected them. I talk a lot about taking care of yourself. Anyways, so I would slow down in the truck and then uh, come daybreak or whatever, or maybe the road was opened up, it was closed or something like that. Normally it's closed because of all the wrecks. <laughs> and people don't know how to stop or slow down or pull over, things like that. And so many times uh, I'm waiting to get the roads open up and I'm moving along very slow very slow, but I'm all chained up. Let's say, for example, all chained up, moving slow, sort of slow. <laughs> I'll tell you how fast I would go. But, uh, and then I'd find, I'd start counting the rigs in the ditch, out in the woods, all over the place, laying over on the side, because those truckers wouldn't slow down. Maybe different cars all in the ditch. And I'm just moving right along, and I get to where I need to be, no problem whatsoever. See, sometimes you gotta slow down. So that's why I've changed my schedule a little bit. But I got out here earlier than 11 o'clock, got here at 10.15, and I'll probably stay a little later than normal. But at least I've got some slow, slower times. So we'll see how that goes. Let's pray.
Lord, I thank you that we can slow down where we need to slow down because you direct us to slow down. We're following your lead, and I do know that you slow down. You tarry a while, you wait a while, and then sometimes you speed up. Uh, sometimes you make kind of a, you bear to the left or you bear to the right, and we follow you, Lord. You've got things on your mind, you've got things that you're doing, and we're right, we're right with you, man. We're uh, tailgating you all the way, Lord, and uh, we're drafting you. I guess you could say uh, we're drafting your rig, Lord, and uh, we're saving our fuel, letting you burn your fuel. And uh, we just say thank you, Lord, for allowing us to uh, uh, follow you wherever you go. Wherever you go, Lord, we want to be there with you always, always, always. And help us, Holy Spirit, to follow our Lord and our Savior. We thank you, Father, in your holy name. We pray, amen and amen. So on the, why I said that, because uh, trucks would, uh, would uh, come in behind another rig, and that rig, because of all the volume and air, it actually pulls the other rig closer, pulls the other rig. And so you get on the two-way, and you, so you guys can talk together, and so you'll know, the other driver knows, you, you know, you're right behind him. And uh, that's why you see, you know, one truck and another truck right, because he's drafting that other truck. So, uh, and then occasionally, uh, Occasionally, thank you so much. God bless you so much. Yeah, hell and Satan. That's what they do on Sundays here in Boulder. So sometimes uh, he'll draft for a while because be like, and then uh, I'll take over. Another truck will take over, and we'll go in front, kind of like the geese, right? You know. And then we'll use our fuel to push through the wind or the snow or whatever the case may be, and then uh, we'll pull in behind. And you know, I'll, you know, that's that's working together. We work together, and as and. That's the challenge in our, in our uh, church today and probably has been for a long time. It's not in the Bible. Uh, the pro, you know, we are having troubles. Uh, and that is uh, uh, everyone that was following Jesus Christ the way was together, was together. You don't see that today. You see competition, you see back talking, you see gossip, you see all kinds of problems, you see, see division, you see so much hypocrisy in the church. And pastors have this competitive spirit about them. Yeah, you know, I try to talk to pastors. I want to talk to pastors, you know, because, but they don't want to talk to me because they don't want me, they don't want to lose their sheep. They think that for some reason I'm going to take their sheep. That's why I've had to quit going to some churches in town here because of that problem. You know, I've been accused of saying, why are you going to start another church? Do you think Boulder needs one more church? You know, well... A lot of competition in churches. Really sad. Shouldn't be, but there is. So let me do a commercial here. I got this in my hand here. This uh, commercial break. <laughs> go get your. Uh, go to the bathroom now. So this is our GEC True Study. Uh, we have. Uh, we're, we're building a church school at our church, and uh, it's not about our church. It's about serving Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus. It's all about His Word, the Word of God. That's all it is. It has nothing to do with doctrines, I mean, uh, denominations. Uh, see, I misspeak. All that stays on the channel. So sorry, I misspoke. You know, but then people take that out of context. So I see John doesn't know how to talk. That's all right. At least I'm still preaching. At least I'm still on the street. And I'm serving the Lord to my last day. I will endure to the end. So it's all about the Word of God and your time with God and serving the Lord as a minister. So really, these books... And these classes, we're doing 65 classes, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m., Monday through Friday, five days a week. And uh, the idea with the class is an orientation-style class that orientates you to this book. This book is primarily a log book. It's not a Bible study. And in the first few pages of the book are instructions. That's what these are, the several pages of instructions on how to use the log book. We even have some uh, charts and things like that to look at. Uh, we got different things in here. What have, what have we got over here? Uh, yeah, here's the here's our curriculum. We're gonna line out for the next three to four years. It's gonna be interesting. Anyways, uh, you're more than welcome to check us out. To come to class, order the book. Uh, if you order this book, give us a picture of you with this book. Not you don't need to put your face in there, but it's just a picture of the book. Uh, get on our Sunday prayer letter or email list for our Sunday prayer letter, and. Uh, and then come to some of the classes so you kind of know how to use the book and kind of see what we're doing. If you do that, uh, I'll buy book number two. Our church will buy book number two for you. 
We have eight books. So we're kind of going to hopscotch through there. You buy the first one, we'll buy the second, third, you know, kind of go that way. And uh, also, we're not just giving the book away. We're also giving, uh, not this book, we're also giving our classes away. We're also giving our profits away. The profit on all eight books are being given to you to help you pay for your shipping and handling. I think that's very generous for us. So the reason this is only $9.27 is that's the print cost for them to print this book. Spiral bound on it, glossy covers, front and back. Here's the back of it here. Uh, when we finish all eight books, then we'll put our uh, Library of Congress down here, but I want to make sure all eight books are the way we want it, uh, best as possible. And then we'll put the uh, uh, ISBN number down here, uh, register it with the Library of Congress. That's why it's not down here right now, because um, we're still perfecting these books. My hope is that when people go through the class, they'll, and one of the books, anyways, I've got some blank pages too, some pages that you can write some notes in that say, you know, maybe this would be better or that would be better, kind of some ideas and how you, so people have been sending me photographs. I've got two or three people, four people who I've seen their books, and it's interesting to see how people are using this book. So uh, anyways, come to class Monday through Friday. It's also recorded, but it's live streamed uh, from Boulder, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m., Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And you can go to the book patch, the book, the book patch, P-A-T-C-H.com, Ignore the picture, go to the top menu bar, says uh, bookstore, I think bookstore, click on that and there'll be a search bar in there. You can type in GEC True Study and you'll see the first four books that are up there. Amen? So that's that. End of commercial. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm having to do that because that is what the Holy Ghost has had me to do. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, I've been doing it for several times, but I'm still doing it. All right, so let's get into our Sunday prayer then. I apologize one more time. I am really struggling for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, I just am. <laughs> I got back from Golden. I uh, see I put seven, seven hours on the street in Golden. Started preaching at 9 o'clock in the morning, and I finished at 4 o'clock or uh, maybe about 3.50. Had to get it all wrapped up and get down to the where the bus is at 416 to pick that 416 up. Worked on the bus, got home and worked, and I worked till late that night. And for whatever reason, uh, I just got utterly exhausted. And so I just did all I could to rest best I could on Saturday, my Sabbath rest in the Lord. And I attempted to get started and write and finish the Sunday prayer letter, but I couldn't do it. Uh, I'm bound by myself still. We don't have anyone helping us yet in these departments of administration, writing, and things like that. There will be somebody coming. God will bring somebody when the time is right. Time's not right yet. That's all right. So you have to have patience with me. Uh, but I sat down this morning and I worked on it again some more. And I'll, I'm going to attempt to get it all finished and uploaded to our email server tonight. And it'll go out tonight or this afternoon or whatever. But I do have this on the website. This on the, this uh, note, these are what I'm going to be preaching on all week. This also, and um, it's on the website and it's on the YouTube channel in the posts. So you can see it in both places. So you know where I'm going to be preaching from. And so this is uh, November 12th of the GEC Sunday Prayer Letter. One of the reasons we want you on the Sunday prayer list, the email list, is it's not being put on the website anymore. So the only way to know the letter, to know my locations, uh, to know what's going on, uh, is to be on the email list. And probably the biggest, two of the biggest reasons why I want everyone on the uh, email list is number one, when you see our name pop up, Preacher John, I think is what it says right now, it just quickens you to, to remind you to pray for our street ministry and our missionary church. Uh, just say a few moments. You don't need to open the letter up if you don't want to. That's fine. But it just gives you a chance to, to pray for us. Also, we have a chance to pray for you. So on, especially uh, on Saturdays when I upload the email, uh, the letter, and I have to format it for the email because I write it in a Bible software program that I have, uh, Sword Searcher. And uh, 
that's where my letters are built and then I have to copy out of that and put it in the email and format it for the email because uh, that's why it takes so long for me to do it and so when I do that I see all the subscribers and I pray over each one I pray over them all it's uh, kind of lift them all up I really do that on Saturdays greatly but already throughout the week though I'm already praying for you too so uh, it's nice to have multiple layers of prayers for you so you know it's just the way it goes amen so uh, now I'm gonna get in my sermon this should be everybody should be clicked off who's not really interested in the Word of God they're just curious and see what I'm doing it's kind of one of the reasons I talk so much but the, one of the reasons I want to edify exhort and comfort in the first part of the video and kind of let you know what's going on I mean, I just want to bring you along as we build this church and build this street ministry. There's a lot of things that are going to be coming as time goes on. It's just really wonderful. And, uh, but a lot of people get bored. Uh, they are impatient. They want things to happen today or yesterday or the day before or last week or last year. They haven't happened yet. So they quit on us and they take their money, they take their time, they take their prayers and they leave. Oh, well. That's... <laughs> That's between them and God, not me. I just know that that's what happens. And so, uh, but we keep on trucking, we keep on moving with the Lord. One of the things the Lord keeps telling me, just keep moving, John, just keep moving. And so it's pretty amazing, especially today. I've had such a great day so far. Been up since 5.30 this morning, just praising the Lord. It's been a wonderful day so far, wonderful day. Very unusual for a Sunday. All right, so November 12th, uh, Sunday prayer letters titled, I cheerfully answer for myself. I cheerfully answer for myself, that's Acts 24. We're going through all of the chapter of 24 to this week. And uh, this season that we're in, as you know, is signs, wonders, miracles, praise, worship. Those words that adopt. Just signs, period, wonders, period, miracles, period, praise, period, worship, period. Holy Ghost showed that to me, and we've been doing that ever since. So, ever since the first of January, first couple of weeks of January. All right, so this is part one. We have seven parts in our Sunday prayer letter. One part for each day of the week. We preach seven days a week in our church. Today is Sunday. This is going to be Acts 24, verse 1 through 3. 24, 1 through 3. And once again, our title is, uh, our title actually comes out of a different verse here. And I changed it a little bit because uh, it just, I asked the Lord if I could change it. And, uh, and so we did. And uh, because it just needed to be changed. And I normally don't do that, but uh, I did this time. So the verse actually, it comes out of verse 10. And it says in the King James, I do the more cheerfully answer for myself. Uh, I took out do the more uh, because do the more is contextually correct uh, but when you don't have the verses above it then uh, do the more doesn't make sense that's what the Holy Ghost showed me because I asked well how can I validate not putting this in is because it do the more uh, relates to the verses above this verse 10 oh I didn't know that <laughs> see the Holy Ghost is our teacher that's what Jesus called them don't go anywhere because if I, I'm going to go back to the Father, and the Father's going to send His promise, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, and He'll bring back to your remembrance all the things that I taught you, and He's going to teach you the Word of Truth. That's why He's called the Spirit of Truth. This is the Word of Truth. He is the Spirit of Truth, and He provides us understanding and wisdom and knowledge in the Word of God, the Word of God, the Gospel, okay? So I do... Uh, I do cheerfully answer for myself. I do cheerfully answer for myself. The reason I say it that way is because Paul has several verses uh, in his letters, his epistles, that talk about minding your own business, minding your own ministry, taking care of yourself, kind of, in other words, not being a busybody and worrying about somebody else's ministry. Jesus talked about that a couple times too, when people say, hey, that guy, those guys aren't with us, you know, that kind of thing. Hey, mind your own business. They're minding their ministry, you mind your ministry kind of situation. So I like this title quite a bit. Uh, the title, once again, is I do cheerfully answer for myself. Cheerfully. What is cheerfully? When, I, when you see the word cheerfully, what's the first uh, 
chapter or book or verse that pops in your mind cheerfully right hopefully it's God loves a cheerful giver a cheerful giver you want to be a cheerful giver you don't want to be a giver who's oh man I got to give my tithe I got to give my offerings I got to give my gifts I got to pray you know that's not cheerful you know you want to have a happy heart you know have a happy spirit about you you want to cheerfully give your time I'm excited you got to be excited about serving the Lord you can't be stuck in the mud man and if you are stuck in the mud maybe God wants you to slow you know kind of pull over and just take a break you know a lot of guys take breaks uh, so what came to my mind right now I have to find out some specifics but I want to Holy Ghost is quickened a couple times to uh, beginning today is to bring to our attention as street preachers that Brian Cranford is going to be doing a uh, street preaching old-fashioned conference back in Charlotte North Carolina come the first of the year I don't have the dates yet and uh, but I want to I'm going to get a hold of him and get the exact dates he's already rented a building he's in the old uh, train station there where uh, where he lives and uh, uh, he's got about 30 or 40 or 50 street preachers that have already committed to going uh, first of the year you know I don't don't have the exact dates but I want to highlight that to anybody who, who is out there who has a desire to go to a good solid street preaching conference I like and love Brian Cranford uh, I believe he does a good job I've watched him and uh, he keeps growing keeps changing keeps changing what I mean changing he keeps developing uh, in the spirit uh, he keeps building his love for God and for people it's amazing what uh, God is doing in Brian's life uh, the Lord uh, uh, Satan attacked him a couple years ago and really uh, uh, took a, did a number on him. And uh, but through that struggle, that valley of the shadow of death, uh, he's come out a better man, better ministry, better wisdom, better sight, better hearing, better heart, better everything. And I'm very happy and proud of Brian Cranford and what he's doing in the Lord. It's kind of a prophetic word that I gave him two years ago or whatever, and it's, I, I remember it pretty clearly he may not remember it but I remember it pretty clearly and he's exactly walking exactly the way of the Lord prophesied to him that he will become like a father of street ministers a father of street ministers no longer being solely by himself preaching but he will be training and fathering other street preachers not father like you know that type but being a dad you know and uh, birthing and bringing in more street preachers and training them in the Word of God. Uh, that's kind of what we're doing too. So anyways, I want to highlight that and uh, you can always go to Brian Cranford's channel and uh, probably he might have it there. I don't know that. But I'll find out more as time goes on. Okay? Got all these commercials here. <laughs> Alright, so let's go to verse 1. And after five days, so that's the title for today. Uh, actually the title for this sermon here for today after five days uh, the title of our letter is that one I just said I cheerfully do answer for myself I cheer I do uh, I do cheerfully answer for myself right and uh, <laughs> anyways I, I don't want to make any comments there uh, after five days after five days uh, Ananias as the high priest descended with the elders and with a certain orator named Tertullius who informed the governor against Paul verse 2 and when he was called forth Tertullius began to accuse Paul him saying seeing that by thee we enjoy great quietness so this is uh, the high priest this is uh, Felix I believe it's Felix is talking yeah Felix so Tertullius is addressing Felix, all right, and uh, this is what he is saying. Seeing that by thee, Felix, uh, we enjoy great quietness, and that very worthy deeds are done unto this nation by thy providence. Verse five, 3, uh, we accept it always and in all places, most noble Felix, with all thankfulness, notwithstanding. Okay, I'm going to stop right there, verse 3, okay? So uh, that's the, yeah, one through three, one, two, and three, this verses for today. Uh, 
So let me go back to the beginning here. And after five days, so the reason I highlighted after five days, because I've been talking a lot about calendars, scheduling days and numbering our days, a lot of Bible verses on uh, knowing what's going on, uh, knowing seasons, uh, when there's seed time and harvest. And Ecclesiastes is a very uh, lengthy documentation of uh, there's a seed time and harvest time, time to have time to live, time to die, time to get excited, time to cry, time to, you know, all those type of times. So he's kind of highlighting there are all kinds of different times in the world. And uh, I'm surprised at how few people know what time it is. They, 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 they don't look to God for the time. They don't look in the Word of God for time. They look at the world events. They look at the world to give them their time. You really shouldn't do that. You really should look in the Word of God and look to God for your timing, for time. After five days is a time uh, sequence, right? Five days, right? After six days, God created and He rested on the seventh, right? So God tells you all kinds of things related to time, time. Time. very important like time you know after five days it'll be Sunday Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday so after five days uh, where will I be so if this is Sunday Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday I'll be in Netherlands Friday I'll be in another so after five days of preaching the next day I'll be in in uh, Netherlands Colorado right Netherlands Colorado up there at 8,300 and some odd feet or whatever right third Friday of every month, after five days. So after five days, Ananias, as the high priest, descended with the elders, all right? <laughs> elders, elders means the, the ones who uh, carry the torch for the boss, kind of the ones that oversee, things like that. Sorry, my book is falling here, Wendy. <laughs> elders, all right, elders. Uh, and with a certain orator named Tertullius. I think it's interesting, he called him an orator. In other words, they hired this guy as a well-pronounced, well-defined, with great diction and great uh, nuance in his voice and his uh, manner of speech. That's what an orator is, one who makes his living speaking. He is an orator, right? It's interesting why he said that. Not just a speaker. You know, I'm not an orator. I mean, I guess, I don't know. But uh, I'm not really a speaker either. I don't know what I am. I'm a truck driver turned street preacher. <laughs> orator, right? So you have to kind of know who this guy is. So he's got words that they, this guy was hired to do this because they were, they purposed in their heart to take Paul out. They hated everything that Paul stood for. They hated everything he talked on. They hated his sect. They hated his God. He hated his their, his Lord. They hated God. They hated the Christians, right? And these were Jewish people. You know why they hated that? Is because they most likely did not know the Word of God. By this time, the Word of God basically disappeared. And all that was being taught was by the scribes and the Pharisees and whatever they thought. And that's why Jesus talked about traditions of man and all that kind of stuff. And that's what happened in the church. That's why they couldn't receive the Messiah. Same thing today. A lot of the Christians are being taught things that are not in the Word of God. They're, chatting, they're being taught man's tradition. And when Jesus comes another time, right, they won't recognize him now either. They didn't recognize him here, and they won't recognize him this time. That's why you have to stay in the pure Word of God. That is the river of life. That's where you want to be, in the river of life, to stay clean and washed in that river. You want to be in the river, and you want to be flowing with the river coming out of you. You want to be very that way. All right? And why do I say that? Because we stand on the rock. And it's that rock that the water fed the people of Israel through the wilderness for 40 years. Same thing happens today. As we stand on the rock of Christ, God waters us. That's why we plant the seed of the Word of God. Without water, seeds would die. We just can't have sun. We need water also. Sun and water 
germinates the seed and the seed grows, right? So the water for us Christians, our believers, comes from the rock, which is Christ. As the water flows out of Christ, and you can see that in Revelation, as the water flows out of the throne of God, grows out of Him in a basically sense, that is what feeds the trees that are along the river of life in heaven that produce their fruit 12 times, right? Healing of the leaves are for the nation, things like that. Proverbs 11.30 talks about our us as a tree. A lot of situations going on there, so you kind of want to be that way. And the reason why you want to be that way is you want to hear when the Lord says, come. There are a lot of Christians who will not hear when Jesus says, come. We know that also in the parable of the uh, ten virgins. All ten virgins knew where the door was. They knew who was behind that door. They knew who the door was. But five of them, Jesus says, I never knew you. That should really create fear God. But Christians say, oh, don't fear God. Take that off your sleeve. That's horrible that you'd even do that. I get that every week, not every day, but every week I'll get that from Christians, believers. They hate that on my sleeve. That's why I love it so much. It's got it on all my shirts. Fear God, fear God. Why do they hate it? Because they don't know the word of God, the truth. They don't know the truth. They know a Bible, their Bible, that man wrote to them and twisted and turned and manipulated the word of God to match their church or their denomination or their understanding. That's why Joseph Smith wrote the Book of Mormon to twist and turn the Bible to validate his satanic teaching that Satan gave him, Joseph Smith, who started the Mormon church, right? They are not Christians. Mormons are not Christians. Jehovah's Witness, the guy who started Jehovah's Witness believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, quit Jesus, took a Bible verse out of the Bible and created a whole nother sect and denouncing Jesus Christ as the Messiah, as the Son of God, all that kind of stuff. That's why Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe in Jesus. They're not saved. They're not Christians. They are going to die and go to hell. A Jehovah's Witness. And the, the people all over the world flock to Jehovah's Witness. Just like the other day when I was walking downtown, there was a big Jehovah's Witness sign and they were uh, have their little book out there and they're doing their little thing. What do I do? Well, everyone does something different, but I try to connect with everybody and how I connect with them is I say, good morning. And they both, they knew what I was doing. Like I was just walking like this with my banner, going to the bus stop. No, I was going to, uh, I was going to Ninth and Pearl. That's right, I just left the coffee house and I was going to Ninth and Pearl. I walked down through Pearl Street Mall. And I say, good morning. And I saw them way over there. I knew what they were doing. I knew they were Jehovah's Witness. And uh, I said, what am I gonna do here? Do I want to go over and give them a gospel track? Do I want to tell them the gospel? What, else, what should I do here, Lord? Just tell them good morning. And so as I got closer, I said, good morning. <laughs> when I said that, because they were ready for confrontation. Two people. I can't remember if it was a man and a woman or two women. I don't know. I can't remember that. But it was two people. And uh, <laughs> I remember their look on their face of uh, like, whoa, like of astonishment. And both, I think it was a man and a woman, because I remember the man's voice. And they both said, good morning. And I just nodded my head. Now, why do I do that? Because they see me all the time. They see me again and again and again. Same way with Mormons. They see me all the time. So that means that I am building a connection with them, and I'll be able to deliver the gospel. Now, if the Lord said, I'll go over there and tell them about me, I would have done that. But that's not what the Lord said. The Lord says, because I asked him, what do you want me to do? Because I saw him over there. What do you want me to do And about this here? He said, just tell him good morning. Now, am I going to add to what Jesus told me to do? I'm not. I'm going to do exactly what the Lord told me to do. Good morning. And I did it cheerfully. Good morning. Now, a big smile on my face. Good morning. I even waved my hand. With my, well, my cones, I said, good morning, with my cones in my hand. 
right? I'm very alert to only do what Jesus has told me to do. I don't operate by my flesh. Really important to understand that as a minister, especially a street minister. It is so easy out here to slip into the flesh. I tell you, you've got to be so vigilant with your spirit out here on the street because of all the junk that's thrown at you. You want to slip into the flesh like, I mean, it's like your flesh is right there waiting to sin, waiting to sin, especially in the summertime in a college town. Guys, got to keep your eyes in your head, you know? Especially with women who walk around, like on Friday, it was a really nice day, so all these Christian women walking around with their underwear on, thinking it's okay. I can't hardly believe it. A Christian woman walking around with her underwear on. Yeah, that Christian women do that. And they think it's okay to walk around in their underwear. Underwear, undergarments. And they don't see anything wrong with it. You talking to me, you telling me that Christians have eyes wide open? I don't think so. You're telling me, it's horrible, absolutely horrible. Why I can see it and why they can't blows my mind, blows my mind. All ages too, from six years old all the way up to 80, 90 years old, walking around in their underwear, right? I like to think about that for a little bit. All you women, plus wearing those low-cut dresses. I mean, that was Friday. It was horrible. I praise God. I praise God for what the Lord has provided to protect me. Amen. Hang on a second. I had to check on the camera. Okay, it's still cool, because it'll shut off on me. All right, let's keep on going here. Orator is what I was talking about last. A certain, uh, okay, uh, was a certain orator named Tertullius. Uh, that name probably means something. I don't know what that means, but it sounds kind of scary to me. <laughs> For some reason, that name Tertullius uh, has a fear factor in it. It's interesting. I don't know what it means, but it just feels that way. It just, I don't know. It's really weird. Who informed the governor against Paul. So he's also kind of like a lawyer, you know, and probably some seasoned lawyer, probably some man who has some age about him, some seniority, some authority, and some power. He was hired to do this. Men like this just don't do it for free. I guarantee it. Huh. He's going to collect a big wage. This is going to be a big deal to him. Big payoff. Big payoff. And guess who he's working for? Do you think he's working for God? Nope. Not in a million years. Satan is using him. Satan promised him riches. If he would do this and do that and do that, Satan promised him. Now, can, can Satan do that? Yeah, God. Satan can uh, give you money can provide things, because he's the God of this world. People sell their soul to the devil often. How sad. How sad. Christians do it too. And they use Christian jargon, biblical language, to hide what they've been doing. Very sad. Against Paul. Verse 2, and when he was called forth, so now it's time for showtime, right? When he was called forth, showtime, Mr. T, stand up. It's your time to shine for the devil in your darkness, in your blackness, while your speech, and to rile people up and to demonstrate how evil and wicked God is, right? That's what happened in, in, in Golden. I had a devil sit down and tell me what they thought of God and what they thought of Jesus and what they thought of me. When that devil sat down in that person, I knew that was a devil the moment they came to me. The instant I, they came to me, that wasn't a person talking to me there in Golden for probably 20 minutes. And the Holy Spirit quickened me to not stir up that devil. 
The reason why is because, now, this is what I'm saying here. This is a challenge to a lot of people who really are not full of the Holy Ghost because you lack many of the gifts of the Holy Ghost because you're not full of the Holy Ghost. And so somebody else would see that person that sat down. My dis the Holy Ghost, one of the gifts that he provided me at that moment was a gift of discernment of spirits. So I saw the devil in them, gave me eyes to see too. And I saw the devil sitting inside that person, very powerful, very big devil. And the Holy Spirit said, don't stir the devil up there. So I did, I did exactly, so I talked about Jesus in such, such a way, talked about salvation in such a way, talked about binding devil, did a lot of things without stir. Now that devil was like right on the edge of jumping on me, physically jumping on me. But I just, because I was being moved by the Holy Ghost, I was able to minister to that devil, not to the devil, but to the person that that devil was in. And it would, the devil would kind of raise up and then kind of go back, raise up and go back, raise up and go back for those 15 or 20 minutes. Then after I saw I was done talking to that person that the devil was in, I, I bound the devil quietly to myself, and I commanded the devil to leave. Get away from me. 10 seconds later, 20 seconds later, just out of the blue, the person shut up, stood up, walked on, disappeared. I go, wow, wow, that was pretty cool, Lord. That's what I said to my, wow, Lord, that was pretty cool. But my heart rate was beating. I mean, that was, because that person could, was, wanted to attack me. I could sense it. So if you weren't full of the Holy Ghost, you had no discernment of spirit, you would launch out into that person and start talking to him, and that person could have attacked you. And a devil is very, very strong. Your, your ability to fight means nothing to a devil. Nothing. One devil can knock out many people. <laughs> I don't know why people think that. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn how to do this and that, and I'm going to fight. Yeah, right. You're going to fight a devil. Good luck. I don't mean to say the word luck. I don't like that word. <clears throat> Our weapons are not carnal. So if you train yourself to be a fighter out on the street, let's say you watch some people and they've told you to train yourself up physically so you can fight people. That's not Bible. Now you could take the Bible verse that says, well, bring a sword now. That's why I bring my knife to street preach or I bring a gun when I street preach or I bring a weaponry to street. Really? I don't know about that. I would be really cautious on that. I would really do a lot and a lot of work in that area. Be very alert to that. Be very cautious. All right? Anyways, enough of that. All right? I'm not talking about any person. I, this is just a general sense. I've been doing this for four and a half years. So I've watched dozens and dozens and probably hundreds of street ministers all over the world. But I watch them in other countries too. Just to see what's going on. Just to kind of keep up with what's going on. All right. Uh, verse 2. And when he was called forth, Tertullius began to accuse. So he was a prosecutor. He was an accuser. Who is the number one accuser? Satan. He's the accuser of the brethren. So that lets you right know who he's working for. He stood up to accuse. God lets you know exactly who this man is. He is a lawyer for Satan the accuser of the brethren, and he's going to accuse the brethren. Right? Brethren being Christians, being here Paul. And Judas began to accuse Paul, him, Paul, saying, see, now, see what he's doing? He addressed why he's there to accuse Paul. Once he stated why he was there, I'll let you also know that Tertullius knew how to get people's attention, how to have a attention-grabbing headline. 
how to uh, get people to look his way. It's really interesting when you meditate on the Word of God, you find all kinds of little nuances. The Spirit of God kind of packs into the Word of God and you just get a fuller understanding of the Word of God. It's not, I'm not violating the Word of God because you can see it right here. You can see it in the text if you meditate in the Word of God. But most people don't. They just read it like a... They just speed read the Bible. I wonder what it said. Anytime you read the Bible out loud, you should be practicing reading the Bible. Anyways, enough of that. Seeing by thee, okay, so here's what we're gonna say now seeing. Seeing that by thee, thee. He's not talking about Paul, he's addressing Felix. Seeing by thee, we enjoy great white quietness. See, so he's gonna flatter patronize Felix. He's going to lift Felix way up and tell him how great he is, how wonderful. I'm sure he's talking about Felix the noble. How great he is and how wonderful he is and how wonderful his, his reign is because he wants to get favor from man. See, that's how Satan hooks you and starts reeling you in. Yeah. Satan comes in there and tells you how good you are. That's why I hated that teaching on self-love. Oh, you got to love yourself. How do you love others if you can't love yourself? That's a bunch of garbage. That's what reels you in. You are so good and so wonderful. You're so, I mean, Satan is just, he's got the hook in there tight. It's, it's set, and he's just reeling it in, smiling. I got him. I got him. And he just reels it in. Sometimes he lets you play out a little bit. He kind of plays with you a little bit, kind of wearing you out, like a fish, right? You're kind of wearing it out, you know? He's patient, sort of, <laughs> not really. He knows his time is short. You gotta cut that line, man. You gotta take that hook out of your mouth and spit it out. You gotta cut the ties that you have with the world. The world are those fish hooks that are capturing you. That's why Christian women can wear their underwear, because of the fish hook that's in them. Satan is just reeling it in. Yeah, yeah, that's how it is. Same way with men, you know, it's horrible. But they're totally blinded. Do you think those people are gonna hear when God says come? How can they, when they're serving both God and man? You can't serve both can't serve both. So if, you're not, if you think you're serving God and the world, can't serve both, guess what? You're, God is not around. You may think he's around, but you're serving the world. It's like those five virgins. They were actually serving the world. Later on, they were called foolish. Do you want to be called foolish or do you want to be called wise? Foolish comes from Anyway, that's another story there. I don't want to go there. Seeing that by thee we enjoy great quietness and that very worthy deeds are done unto this nation by thy providence. By their providence. You're such a good governor. The providence that you had up. We have quietness. We have blessings. We have all kinds of good things happening because of you. Only because of you, Felix. That's what people tell the governor of Colorado that are homosexuals, sodomites, all praising the governor because he himself is a sodomite. The governor of Colorado is a sodomite, right? He's married to a sodomite. They've inherited, uh, not inherited, they have adopted two children and I think they were adopting the third. Two men, I saw his so-called wife just the other day. I know where they live. The security, FBI people, whatever they are, state security, state FBI, whoever they are, that walk around and protect them, you know. Uh, he was walking with them, and uh, he was walking a little dog, and he was so prissy and so, so nice and so feminine. I wanted to throw up. I think the security guard recognized me because <laughs> well, he's not a security guard. He's uh, kind of like FBI type. You know, what, what are those guys called to protect the, the high authority, you know, the big officials, whatever they're called. Secret service, that's what I was thinking. Secret service of, of the state, I guess. 
Yeah, so all the sodomites praise our governor. I, I'm praying against him. I'm praying for an audience to witness to him. In his home, not in his office, but in his home. Will it ever happen? I don't know. I'll let God do that. But God put the desire in my heart, so I give it to him and I keep it in prayer. I keep thanking the Lord. I thank you for that audience. I'll give it to the governor. Will it happen? I have no idea. But I believe that I receive. Will I receive it sometime? I don't know that either. How do I know? I just know that God placed the desire in my heart, so I'm praying for that. I'm believing to receive that. And it's God's deal, not my deal. I'm not going to be able to get an audience. God's going to do the audience with the governor. And why is that? I... I just, that just frustrates me to no end. People ask questions like that, spend no time with God. Or very little time. So little, they don't understand who God is and how God operates, how God does things. All right, he's our father. Why don't you spend time with your dad? We're in his family. You're his kid. Spend time with dad, you know? But so many children think they know it all. So they just, they get rid of their parents. How sad. All right. Uh, Providence, verse 3. We accept it always. We accept whatever you do, Felix. We accept it. That's what the people in Colorado, oh, we accept anything the governor does. He's such a great guy. Well, I have to pray for him. I pray for his protection. I pray a lot for the governor because that's what the Bible tells us to do. I don't curse the governor. I pray for the governor. Do whatever you want to do. We accept it always and in all places, most noble Felix. Most noble Felix. Most means the highest nobility, the highest noble Felix. You're the highest of the highest of the highest. And Felix what is he doing? <laughs> yeah. Just interesting to me. <clears throat> Most noble Felix, with all thankfulness, all thankfulness, like the people over there in the car, hailing Satan. They were very thankful for Satan. How sad, right? They think that's where they get their power. So they're thankful for their power. They're thankful for their drugs. They're thankful for their boyfriend and girlfriend. They're thankful for all their sin. They're thankful uh, on their life of sin. Satan is providing all that sin to them. So guess what? God says to be thankful in all things. So Satan takes that and makes people be thankful to Satan. And eventually, that's how they bow their whole life and they lay their life down to Satan, the accuser. They don't know they're doing that. They think what I'm saying just now is stupid. <laughs> because they don't see it. They don't believe it. But it's real. 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 A lot of people can't see the real world. Right? What you can't see, I've said this before. I don't know if it's in the Bible or not. Pretty sure it is. But it says, uh, what you can't see is eternal. What you can't see is eternal. I'm not talking about these eyes. Because you can use a microscope. You can't see molecules, but molecules can be seen. But what you can't see with a microscope or a telescope uh, is spirit. So what you can't see is eternal. So the spirit is eternal. Let's pray. So Lord, I thank you that we can come out to the street. We can give exhortation, we can give edification, we can give comfort, we can pray for people, uh, we can lift up the Word of God, uh, we can be a light, uh, we can uh, do a lot of different things, Lord. We can pray for people. But one of the things we want to do, Lord, is give you honor and glory and praise out here on the street. We want to be a light shining brightly. We want to be a flaming fire. We want to burn for the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to be like a minister of flaming fire that the fire doesn't consume us, that the fire keeps us pure, keeps us pure. And it's funny how the devils don't want to come into the fire. It kind of keeps the devils at bay. 
Lord, let me burn, Lord. Let me let me be a flaming fire. In your holy name, Jesus, we humbly pray. Amen. Amen. All right, man. So that's it. Uh, this is uh, Sunday. Monday, I'm going to be at Baseline and Broadway. I'm preaching the Word of God up there. It's easy to... That's that bus driver right there. She's, a, she's one of the coolest bus drivers we've got. She says, look, she used to be a truck driver, she said. Anyways, I witnessed her a few times. Well, she loves Jesus, and uh, she just sits low in the saddle. She's looking over the steering wheel, cruising along, being cool. She's a pretty cool lady. Anyways. All right. God bless you, man. I love you very much. Take care. Bye-bye.